Today's show was brought to you by Boomerang the Series. BET brings a young, gifted, and unapologetically black cast that is a lot like you to its TV screen. It's an original dramedy, and it premieres Tuesday, February 12th at 10, 9 central. Only on BET. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. I think I just had some Henny. It tastes real good when you mix it with some juice. I don't put in orange. I just mix that apple juice. But I'm allergic, so I break gotten hives, and I slept like a light. Wait, no, that's not it. That's not the bar. Wait, wait you remember I that one time that, what, that what? Selena wanted us to all go apple picking, and you had to remind her that you were allergic to apples and that you were going to die if we went apple picking? And she did not care? Yes, <laughs> First I of all, Stanley, you being allergic to apples is debatable. Second of all, shots fired. Shots fired. Second of all, can we just can we just not ignore Stanley's drop like rapping over the sicko beat just now? Sicko mode. Selena, all I'm saying is she's in love with who I am. Back in high school, I used to bust it. I really busted nothing in high school. Anyway, thank you for that. A lot in college though. Okay. Good morning. And welcome to Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. I took half a Zan, 13 hours till I land. I was out out like like a light. light. No, you wasn't, Selena. Yeah, I always sleep through my flights. You took half a Zan? No. I don't (laughs) need to take Zan in order to sleep through. Who takes Zans? No one. No one. Does someone take Zan here? Anyway, it's so nice to be back. And even if they did, they should not confirm or deny that on the live (laughs) radio. No, look, I'm not judging. (laughs) So anyway, yes. um, Only God judges, right? Amen. (laughs) So welcome to the show, guys. Of course, this is where we talk (laughs) politics, social issues. And incriminate ourselves when we talk about different things on the radio. Um, my name is Selena Hill, and of course, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Miss Selena Hill, and it's always spelled with M S, and it will always be spelled M S. Uh, always? You yeah. so sure you're never so gonna get married? Damn, no, no, no. Homie. Even if I do, I can still keep the M S. Oh, okay. I'm not Mrs. Fair. Cohen. No, no you're no, not. No, no, no. I thought once you got down with six nine, that marriage would be a possibility. <laughs> shots. <laughs> we really need that shots fired rapper, like sound effects. Takashi six nine has bars. No, he doesn't. Yes, what? he does. <laughs> What's stupid? <laughs> I mean, you know, if you want to date a jailbird. Mm. <laughs> Which I don't. Hey, hey. <laughs> okay. Currently incarcerated, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Lissa. Person Problematically in, is on. Person in prison. There yes. we go. So, guys, besides Selena Hill being here, you also have Stanley Fritz, your favorite engineer on the PC ones and twos. I'm wearing my pettiest sweatshirt, Facebook Live. It's good to see you, podcast folks. Keep leaving comments and keep pressing play so we can get more streams. And, of course, if you're listening on the FM, we appreciate and adore you. If you want to talk to me on the social medias, it is always, as always, Stan Fritz on Twitter. Stan Fritz on Instagram and Dark Skin Swindle on um, Snapchat. But I only use it to put the thought filter on, and I download that filter photo, and I upload it to Instagram. So just that don't is go some real extra. But like sometimes yeah, you want to thot it up. Stanley. Like sometimes you really do want to thot it up. But like I thought it up as a joke. But somebody actually. Oh yeah, as a joke. Somebody yeah, commented. For, for a friend. Yeah, somebody commented and like put the heart eye emojis, and I was like, "Whoa, you're gonna die!" Because <laughs> if Marilyn hold on, that, was that a woman that put that there? Yes. Oh, and then a, a guy put a heart eye emoji at me on Twitter, and I liked it. Cause I didn't think anything of it. Then he went to my DMs. He was like, "So what's up?" <laughs> And I was like, no, no, <laughs> sir. I am not a part of that You're tribe. You're like, I, I am friend, a friend of the gays, but I am not I'm one. not a friend. <laughs> I'm not a friend. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Speaking of gays, I'm your token gay. <laughs> <laughs> 
or a token queer, you know, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Super um, Jackie. And uh, you can find me. I'm Alyssa Fuchs, um, the the one and only. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs, I-L-Y-S-S-A-F-U-C-H-S, if you're nasty. Um, or on Instagram, Alyssa.Fuchs, on Twitter, Alyssa, at Alyssa Fuchs. Um, and, of course, you can always leave a comment on the Politically Preposterous fan page, but we would rather that you leave a comment on the Let Your Voice Be Heard live stream. So mm. please do do yeah. that if you are watching us on Facebook Live. Um, and shout out to those watching us on Facebook Live already. Um, hello to Delaney. Hey to Tiffany Butler. What's up? Um, to Claudia, good morning. Thank you guys for tuning in and leaving comments. And please continue to leave your comments and we'll read them on air. Who are you? And I am Jackie Cohen. I am political correspondent for the show. I am almost 30, guys. This yes, this time this time next week I will be thirty years old. Oh right, right. we're going to your funeral next week. Your, I mean yes. your your birthday. Yes, party. you are invited to my funeral, aka my birthday party, my thirtieth birthday party that I'm sharing with my friend Willow. Mm. Um, hey Willow, I'm we like Willow better. Anyway, I'm feeling right? yeah, right. I mean, she's beautiful and amazing, and I I like her better too. <laughs> um, I'm yeah, just guys, kidding. I'm old. I love you, Jackie. Uh, I I'm joining. I mean, you guys are way older. But yeah, I'm I'm feeling. By really way, you mean I mean, like one year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that that must make Stanley a dinosaur. I'm only 23 in Hennessy years, so I don't know what you guys are talking about over here. Well, speaking of Hennessy, if you guys want to support Stanley's drug habit, I mean, excuse me, alcoholic (laughs) habit, um, you should donate to our Patreon account. No, I mean, we're not using the money for that. Seriously, though. We Are we not? No, no we need kidding. equipment. <laughs> and, you know, we got to pay station fees um, and, you know, other stuff. So if you really like our show, like Selena said, Patreon. What is it? Patreon.com slash Be Heard, Be Heard Radio. Radio. Cool. So give us some, give us some. Show me the money. <laughs> yes. Show us the money. So we have a great show lined up. We're yeah. going to be talking about Kamala Harris. Come again. Kamala. I pronounced her name the right way. Okay, I, I just would have put that out there. It is Kamala. Kamala, and yeah. Stanley. <laughs> all right. Kamala Harris. We're going to be talking about her. She Same. has announced her bid for president. We know that she is an African-American woman. She is also an Indian woman. Um, so she's all things melanin, a beautiful woman, smart, intelligent, and, you know, she's running for president. Who cares if she's beautiful? She's running for president. Obama, I mean, Obama, Obama cared. did. He, I don't know. Like, he made a whole I, I thing about this. I mean, did anybody I ever talk this. about whether Obama was beautiful when yes. he was yes. for president? Dude, all the time. Okay. I'll be like, Obama was a zaddy. Are you kidding? <laughs> you right, about as look. long as we're objectifying men in the way that women are objectified when they run for Selena. office, then that's okay. Selena is shouting into the mic. Did you get eight hours of sleep last night? <laughs> yeah. No, she stayed up late to watch SNL. Which yeah. was... So epic. Don't spoil night. it. I haven't yeah, seen it yet. Guys. I haven't seen it either. All, All I right. gotta say is Soldier Boy makes an appearance. I'll just put it like that. All right, Slim, you're getting some white people points because you know <laughs> black you. folks never watch SNL Live. No, that's not true. I talk to black people about SNL. Oh, you mean live? Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> All right, guys. So, besides that, we're also going to be talking about. Um, Gina Rodriguez <laughs> and everything else that happened during the week during the news roundup. So I think Selena took a Zan. <laughs> Zan makes you sleepy. Yeah, no, that's, that's, more like an, that's more like an Adderall. How do you know Selena? You got the wrong drugs over yeah. there. Yes, yeah, Stanley. Yeah, so we're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're kicking off the news roundup, talking everything from the government being reopened to Gina Rodriguez to everything else going on in our world. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. What's going on, guys? We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, we probably are getting muted on Facebook Live at this moment. <laughs> so, um, Claudia, so cool. who's who's watching on Facebook Live, 
wrote, I'm currently twerking. <laughs> so good, oh, good job, you. Stanley. Some yeah, thank you, Claudia. Here. Yes. Guys, we have a great show, a lot of topics to talk about, so I'm going to jump right into it. If you are new to the show, let me tell you what this is. This is the News Roundup, where we talk about random news stories that made you laugh, cry, curse, or even flip a table if you're really that excited. And we want to start it off with something, some good news, but some hearty news. The government shutdown is over. Temporarily. Temporary. For three weeks? <laughs> For three weeks. Yeah. And then it's going to happen again. Because you know, Trump said he's going to throw a tantrum if but, he doesn't get his wall. But I think this is a net positive event, right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously yeah. it's good because people are going to get paid and they were promised yeah. back pay. Is that what I yeah. I'm Yes. Hearing? The White House says soon, but there's actually no timetable mm. around it. But I think that this is... Uh, overall a good thing right because it's it's a loss for trump right yeah. he, you know talk about all his winning that he's doing i mean he was forced to concede here and obviously there's like a lot of the art of the deal going on but, but i think that even despite what happens in three weeks this is ultimately a good thing pushing him you know say pushing what back you against will what doing. Mm-hmm. say what you will about nancy pelosi and her policies which is one thing but when it comes to her politics man she knows how to politic she played him like a fiddle I mean, first, her and Chuck Schumer got him to admit on live television that he was going to own the shutdown by baiting him by calling it a Trump shutdown during that open to the public Oval Office meeting that they told him they should close the meeting and it should not be public. Mm -hmm. Then she basically played him into signing a deal to reopen the government that doesn't get the funding for the wall that he wanted. There's only one downside to this, though. She just keeps playing him. White people are now saying, I will dog walk you. And you, they don't know what that means. So that's the only <laughs> downside to this whole thing. Silly. I didn't even know what that meant. Well, yes, because you're not, you know, I'm not going to go there. No, right silly. Now. You heard the term dog walking before. Yes, because I've been it. on the blocks. So a know. number of people had to search it on Urban Dictionary. And I was one of those <laughs> Yo, people. By number, she means her and her mom. No, <laughs> I was on Twitter. No one knew what it meant. If you knew what it meant, leave a comment. Let me know. Yeah. But anyway. The Twitter White Hive, where they're arguing about Gwyneth Paltrow and what she wore yesterday. So Jackie's not even and on Twitter. Know. <laughs> and that's enough. Well, no, I just comments on, you know, reopening the shutdown. Yay. I do want to say that Trump is now um, threatening to either use um, emergency, an executive order to open uh, to, to get bo- uh, border wall funding. Um, and, you know, he, he I don't know. He definitely caved, like Alyssa said. And I think it's we're all like gloating. But I do want to just take a step back and realize that, yes, we won this battle. But the war is mm not over. And I want to also make a point that this there's no coincidence that this came the same day that uh, huge delays were happening at LaGuardia yep. and airports around the country because yeah. airport workers, um, TSA, uh, airport traffic controllers weren't going into work. And I think that 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 shouldn't be downplayed. That added a tremendous amount of pressure, I think, to to getting this shut down to end. You know what this is like? This reminds me back in like 2010. I went to dinner with a bunch of friends, right? And there was one person who came with us, and he ordered a bottle of Hennessy and a bottle of Moet. And when the bill came, the bill was $800, even though most of us had only had hot wings, french fries, and a Bud Light. And we sat there for an hour fighting over who paid the bill. And this person said nothing because he refused to acknowledge what he bought. And so finally, one of my friends walked up to him and said, if you don't pay this bill, I will dog walk you. <laughs> what? 
And that friend suddenly found some money and said, hey, I will right, pay my share. Right. And we walked the out of that restaurant. The pressure was on. Yes. And this is the same thing. that Trump is like the person that doesn't want to pay his share at the restaurant when 32 people decide to go eat dinner together, which is always a mistake. Always pay for your bill separately at the bar so you don't get caught up. Yeah, in Trump's guys. saying, I'm going to ring up the bill. And also, the table over there is going to pay for it. I'm not going to be yeah. the one paying for it. <laughs> and everybody believes it for or, some reason. Or, 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 wait, my other favorite one. Um, you're going to pay the bill, but the table over there might reimburse us at some unknown right. time in the future. Yeah. And that's it. will be in Mexico. So speaking of other things that happened on Friday, Roger Stone was arrested mm. by the FBI and indicted. We know that he is a 40-year friend of Donald Trump. He is also a an, was an advisor to Donald Trump and he went down. So honestly, I'm just like counting down the days to which uh, when maybe someone else in Donald Trump's family will be indicted or maybe Donald Trump himself. Well, so first thing that we just always want to make clear is that an indictment is not a conviction. So this is just basically that a grand jury has says that there's enough evidence that a crime may have been committed in order to bring process against him. Um, so that's that's one thing. But getting away from the legal aspect of it, um, it's... It's so crazy that Roger Stone literally has a tattoo of Nixon yep. on his back. I was going yes, to say he should be arrested for that alone. And, and, and then that when he so came out of the weird. courthouse, he decided to pose like Nixon, yep. like with his peace signs weird. up. I mean, he's um, a self-proclaimed dirty trickster. I mean, he lives for this. I mean, I, I don't know. That it, tattoo. I, I heard about it and I was texting my dad who... Uh, is watching the show right now, and he sent me a picture of it, which nice. I I cannot unsee, and I'm really forgotten. Can you send that. me that? My, my favorite <laughs> no, part of this whole thing <laughs> was that Roger Stone's next door neighbor was Chad Ocho Cinco Johnson. No, from the, yeah, former really? receiver from the Cincinnati Bengals that Daryl Revis shut down in the playoffs when he was when they played against Weird. the Jets. Yep, and he was like, it was crazy. I went for my morning jog. And I guess my, there's just there was so a bunch of cops only so there. many rich people that they all got yeah, each other. Right? It's crazy. So that was a really cool fact. But you know what? Yo, this weekend, this week was pretty crazy. If you know what else was crazy? What? Gina Rodriguez. Oh, so man. she went on Sway in the morning. Wait, wait. Do you guys know who Gina Rodriguez is? Oh, yeah, I watched Jane the Virgin. Oh, Stanley. She's the actress on Jane the Virgin. Watch, I don't watch her show, but I know who she a is. a Golden Globe winner. Yeah. Winning she, actor. And she's an activist. And she was in Annihilation, and she's in a new movie. But Jane yeah. the Virgin is, is my... I love that. Yeah. Oh, canceled. Uh, I think... I don't think it got canceled. There might be another season. I don't know, but there's a lot of seasons of it. She's still a virgin? It's been like five seasons. She is not. Stanley, you should watch the show. Yeah, maybe watch the show and. I watched the first two seasons. All right. Well, you should keep well, watching. Well, anyway, <laughs> so a couple of months ago or weeks ago, she basically said, um, and, and she made some comments saying that Latino women get paid less than Asian women and black women, right? And black and Twitter. Movies, Hollywood. And, and well, she didn't say in Hollywood. She just said it in general the first time around, Stanley. If you think, okay, so the context around the conversation was actresses in Hollywood. Yes. When she made these statements, she did not say actresses, and she clarified her comments when she went on Sway in the morning. So she went on Sway in the morning because when she first made these comments, a lot of people exploded and said that they were very disparaging and they were despisive against because she was people were saying that basically it sounds like Gina was pitting uh, black and Latino women against each other mm. and also saying that black women are part of the problem when it comes to pay inequality and racial inequality. Mm -hmm. So she goes on Sway in the morning and she was like she starts crying and she says 
That is not what I meant by any means. If you go back and check my comments, I was not saying actresses. I was saying in general, which is a fact. And that is a fact because I looked it up. And she also says that, you know, when I was growing up, I, you know, I looked to the black community. Um, I admired so many black actresses and I felt as one because, you know, you know, we're from, we have the same roots. People from a lot of Hispanic speaking, uh, Spanish speaking countries are also from Africa, right? You know, African, the slave trade, it happened all over. So she was saying, I feel connected as a woman of color and an Afro Latino, or, you know, people in her family are Afro Latino or Afro Latinx. I, so I commented, I said yay to Gina. I said that I applauded her remarks. Mm-hmm. I put that on Twitter, and to this hour, people have been going off on my Twitter wow. feed saying things like, first of all, she was crying fake white identifying tears. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not here for it. She's racist. She's anti-black. So I'm asking people, like, show the receipts. Where are the receipts? Like, I understand that there is, you know, deep-seated issues of colorism and racism in the Afro-Latinx community as well as the African-American community, but I don't think Gina Rodriguez is part of the problem here. Can I go first? Yes, please. I think she was a little bit ignorant with some of her statements. It wasn't just that, Selena. I know. Um, when um, I, I, I don't know how to say her name properly, Yashari. Yahara Shadidi. When I Selena gets the name better better than I do, we are in a different world. <laughs> when she was being like spotlighted for being like, you know, a black girl who's leading, Gina kind of jumped in and was like, all women. Like, tried to all lives matter her. Mm. But and the, the conversation t- was right. specifically about, like, black women. And then also when Black Panther came out, she was like, why aren't yeah. there any Latino people in, in Wakanda? And so, like, I don't think that Gina Rodriguez is anti-black at all. I do think she's, like, a lot of, like, Dominicans and Puerto Ricans north of 155th Street in Harlem who still have a very hard time understanding or acknowledging like like that they are black and you know I know she ticked off a lot of people because she said her father was a dark skinned Latino man right. and when I saw a picture of him he was Jack he looked he was Jackie's complexion with some more sun hold on he's not dark skinned no I gotta Google that I am dark skinned yes you I are am still. like I am the dark skinned person in this space and I'm brown skinned yes so that's <laughs> I'm just a Jew <laughs> <laughs> queer Jew so got a queer white Jew and a, and a white Jew loser person yeah thank right you here. Yeah. and a lot of people got upset about that I think that the bigger issue here and I've really been feeling this for a while and like, there just seems to be especially on social media this big battle for oppression Olympics yep and and cancel culture well that's what I think is is interesting about this too it's like cancel culture especially like are people saying like she must be canceled like yeah. boycott her absolutely I mean it, it's hard right like I and I haven't heard the comments from her yet I, I haven't read them They're exactly dumb. what she said I'm sure but it, you know it's like everybody is messing up lately and saying things like I I don't know I don't want to comment on it without ha- having seen exactly what she said and yeah. and see That's how fair. problematic it is so I don't know but you know how uh, we've talked about this on the show previously about yeah. cancel culture and the internet and like how where is our ability to sort of forgive or educate before we just cancel people because we all say things that are problematic you know we've talked about on the show like things yeah. that we've said on Facebook you know in years past like 10 years ago are probably yeah. not where we stand today yeah. um, you know what is our ability to say oh okay well clearly she gets it wrong and yeah. we need to educate her versus oh she's done like she, there, she's beyond repair like do we believe that people can can be changed do we believe that people can seek forgiveness for things that they've said that are wrong and actually learn and you know that's a real good point jackie and like i have to ask myself that question a lot too because 
when it comes to people of color, I tend to have a lot more space to be like they can change. Mm-hmm. And people that I know and love, I have a lot more space for that. But then when it comes to white folks, not really. And I have to ask myself, is that fair? Mm. So that, maybe that's a conversation we can have another show because I know we're, we got to move on. But like, I just, you know, Jackie, I know you have something to say about that. But like, No, I think that I the internet with. breeds that sort of like you don't know that person. You don't know where they're coming from. So it's very easy to call for them to be canceled. But I think it is something that we'll, we should talk about more on another show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Before we go to break, um, it is trending on Twitter. We, we always like to have something trending as a story for you. Unfortunately, this isn't um, the, you know happiest story but i guess in some ways it's happy because today is the 74th anniversary of the liberation of the auschwitz camp um it is also holocaust remembrance day and it marks the liberation of the auschwitz birkenau camp in 1945 um the hashtags are hashtag holocaust remembrance day and hashtag we remember um so i think that's just a really important story definitely to round out what we've been talking about about race and religion and oppression um you know and just recognizing that it's really important that we remember these kinds of events because if not, history has a tendency to repeat itself. And it is repeating itself. You know, we have currently, while we're remembering the the liberation of people from these camps, we have people who are being detained at the border of our country um, who are seeking refugee status, who are unable to enter the country because we have a really racist, xenophobic president in office. Speaking of racism, when we come back from break, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the racist attacks that Kamala... My people... Boomerang is coming Tuesday, February 12th. It's Lit the Black History Month. And you know what's going to be on BET. But for real though, how is it different from the film of the same name? Well, let's get into it. First off, it's a scripted half-hour dramedy. It's not a movie. Secondly, we're introduced to Graham Legacy. What Graham Legacy? Well, Simone Graham, the daughter of Marcus and Angela. She's a headstrong, gorgeous, uncompromising queen. Her colleague and guy bestie Bryson is the son of Jacqueline Boyer. Remember her? Shorty with the lingerie and trench coat? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Bryson has a vision for making his mark in the business, but he has his eye on Simone as well. Listen, man, shoot your shot, King. Ari is an emerging director who walks on the wild side. David is a pastor who has yet to get over Crystal, Simone's best girlfriend. Tia is a firecracker of the crew, ready to break big with the help of Simone's marketing genius. You'll see some of your friends, and a lot of yourself on screen. Well, I don't know about me, but you will. Boomerang, executive produced by Lena Wraith and Halle Berry, premieres Tuesday, February 12th at 10, 9 central on BET. Check out BET.com for show exclusives. My mom made me clean my room, so I shot... I no, I can't make that joke. <laughs> Where was that going? We're nowhere. No, nowhere. No. We are back... All right, guys. I'll Google the lyrics to that song later. We're back on Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM. Shout out to everyone who's listening Oi. via podcast. Hi, Patty. Spotify and iHeartRadio and <laughs> iTunes. And, of course, guys, if you want to support Let Your Voice Be Heard, please leave us a donation at patreon.com slash heard. Joe, Chad, I love you. Be Heard Radio. All right, guys. So uh, we're kicking things off talking about Kamala. Harris, because a lot of us have been really excited that she tossed her hat into the 2020 presidential race on MLK Day, making her the first African-American candidate to enter the race and only the second black female to announce a run for the White House since Shirley Chisholm. Wow. Kamala even launched her campaign during the same week that Shirley Chisholm became the first black woman to run for president in a major party back in 1972. 
So now we have a total of four women in the Democratic race. That's Senator Elizabeth Warren, Kirsten Gillibrand, and Rep. Tulsi Gabbard. Although many progressives have been rejoicing over Kamala's campaign, she, by no surprise, has been met with a firestorm of criticism fueled by sexism and racism. However, those of us on the very far left, particularly in the black community, have also been extremely critical of the freshman senator's record as a former prosecutor in California. For instance, on Afropunk.com, they released a damning editorial about her career as the district attorney in San Francisco and also as the state attorney general, a.k.a. the top cop in California. So the piece reads, and I quote, Her track record consists of terrorizing black communities through the prison industrial complex, and she has consistently shown herself to be an enemy to the masses of black people, end quote. Now, the article goes on to state that she declined to advocate for the legalization of marijuana in California. That's one. Um, she failed to support body cameras for police. That's two. She defended the three strikes law in which black people are incarcerated at a rate 12 times higher than whites. That's three. She defended the need for prison slavery. That's four. Shame. And she supports the death penalty, which disproportionately affects black people. That's five. She has. She has. But she's changed. She has evolved on the issue, but while she was working. DA. Right, exactly. Okay. Um, and, she, she, and she did it a lot in action. So um, and we'll talk about that. So the article even goes on, goes on to call Kamala, and I quote, a black face doing the job of a white supremacist system. Okay, so we're going to kick this panel on that note. On, <laughs> on that note. That's what Afropunk is. Wow. S- but, hold on, Stanley. Wow. Well, the person who wrote that article in Afropunk was one of the po- um, the hosts of Hella Black, the podcast. Yeah, and Afropunk is run by anti-Semitic racist white man. Who's it run by, Stanley? Because I didn't, I didn't know that. I don't know that. I'll, get, I'll get you information for that later. Yeah, you're going to have to send name, me a link on that one. But, like, there's been a lot of, like, a couple of drag outs for him as well. So All right, well, that that's no- another episode. That's another episode. Nonetheless, the person who wrote the article is a huge activist in California, and he wrote this from a first-person perspective, being from Oakland and living under... Uh, Kam- Kamala Harris's, you know, uh, jurisdiction. So mm-hmm. that's how he wrote this article. Mm. Um, so we're going to kick this comment, kick this conversation off with our reactions to Kamala's announcement and the criticism she's receiving. I'm actually, um, I want to start with. Um, she's not sure who she wants to start with. Jackie. Oh, <laughs> um, she was texting. Kamala. Have, I mean, not, I, I literally just called Jackie Kamala. Yes. Jackie, have you noticed any unfair amount of sexism or racism against Kamala or, or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I've, w- I haven't been super, since she was, since she announced, I've uh, only been back in the country a couple days. So I haven't been super engaged with what's been being said on Twitter, but I'm sure plenty of it exists. I mean, she is a woman of color. I mean, those are things that people that make people angry. Just the existence of women of color make white men in particular uncomfortable. And um, and we've seen how I mean, she's been talked about in the past. We've seen how other women of color who are powerful in, in politics have been talked about um, by people who maybe feel threatened by them um, in a very racist misogynistic unflattering ways so i i haven't seen anything particular because i haven't been as tapped in this week but i'm sure 
It's out there. Well, I, I'm going to throw it to Alyssa, and I also know we're getting a lot of comments on our Facebook live feed. So, Alyssa? Yeah, so, I mean, my reaction is that I think it's great that she's running for president um, for several reasons. One, I think, you know, we should have more women of color running for office and specifically running for president. Um, why not? Why not a woman and why not a woman of color? Um, but that said... I do think that there are parts of her record that are problematic, um, not having anything to do with racism or sexism. I'm going to hold my thoughts on that because I know we're going to get to that in a little while. Instead, I'm going to read you some of the comments that we are getting um, from our listeners. So Pat Maxwell says Kamala Harris is a winner. Kathy Wakeham says a candidate's record and donor base should be considered. This is true for all candidates. Ken Roy says no to the question of whether she can win in 2020. He says poor whites chose Obama out of desperation. McCain and Romney were out of touch with them. And it is very likely in his opinion that it's going to be Biden and Beto O'Rourke. Um, Teresa says no, not Harris. She's a traitor to the country. Um, oh. And Patricia Saravol says, um, with respect to some of the things that you were talking about earlier, uh, Selena, that we shouldn't forget about her positions about civil asset forfeiture. Uh, for those who don't know, civil asset forfeiture is the idea that the government can literally come take your property um, or your money if they think that it may have been connected to a crime in some way without the due process protections that you get when you are in a court of law when it ter- comes down to whether you're being charged with a crime, which is essentially if the government can prove even by a, a preponderance of evidence, which is a very low standard, that something may have been connected to a crime, either property or money, they can come seize that from you and you have no right mm. or recourse to get it back. So, Stanley, Kamala Harris has a very problematic record. Uh, we went over a few things, even people commenting. They brought up something else. Will you support Kamala's campaign or has her record? proven she's anti-black i don't know who i'm supporting yet at the moment i'm probably not going to support kamala harris um i am going to keep an open mind and listen to what she has to say because she actually afro punk aside she has a very problematic record when they were trying to um, get a bill passed that would release people from prisons who had nonviolent offenses, she put out an argument saying no because that would get that would undermine the prison's free labor market so you know wow. i don't care who you are when you start, like, when you're trying to perpetuate slavery through these institutions, you become someone that I have a hard time supporting. But then again, when we're looking at most of these candidates, let's be honest, they're all trash one way or another. They just, you know, Tulsi, well, Tulsi Gabbard is a non-starter for me, so let's just say that. But most of these other people are either problematic on race issues or problematic on economic issues. It just so happens to be that Kamala is a black woman who's bad on issues that people of color are usually thought to or known to care before. Well, you, you know, to that point, and I know we were talking about her record. Alyssa, I want to get you to chime in here as a civil rights defense attorney. How do you feel about the idea of the fact of a former prosecutor for president? Uh, I mean, I don't like it. Um, I don't like it at all. Um, so, I mean, look, I think anybody who's been a prosecutor is problematic because they have been part of perpetuating a system of both white supremacy um, and of racism because there is so much systemic racism ingrained within the criminal justice system. You read off some of the problematic policies that she supported. I also recognize, and this is like the test of a first-rate intelligence, right, the ability to keep two opposing ideas in mind at the same time, is that 
sometimes when you're a person of color, the way forward, the way to get a step up or a leg up in government is to become a prosecutor because it's a really good government job where you get a certain amount of power. And so by having been a prosecutor and buying this position, um, that allowed her to create the profile to become a senator, uh, to potentially have a run for president in a way that other black women or black men don't have that opportunity. It's it's that connection to her having worked in government that sort of gave her that high profile. And so sometimes, um, you know, and, and obviously as a white person, I can't really speak on this directly, but I can speak generally. Sometimes people of color choose to go into these positions that sort of put them in a problematic position in some way because it is the way forward for them to get propped up um, in a system that constantly is putting people of color and specifically um women of color down um, and and I'm going to throw it over to uh, well, throw it over but back to you but before I do I just want to say to Stanley's comments before about all these people being problematic I mean look this is why I don't know if the Democrats can win this election well hold that thought Alyssa and you know that was an excellent point that you made the fact that you know Kamala Harris even though she, a lot of people say she's been complicit in a system of oppression, she's also a victim of it. Yeah. And because of that, she had to use whatever she could to leverage her career. Great point, Alyssa. Jackie? Yeah, and when we were when we were talking, discussing the show earlier in the week, I thought um, Tiffany Brown, who's a regular contributor to the show, made a really good point that, you know, people are really on Kamala for... Um, for her participation in the criminal justice system, but are sort of less focused on people like, I mean, Giuliani is, is such an extreme, but, um, and obviously it's something that we are paying attention to, but like Bloomberg or even Biden himself, right. Have, have done, I think way more damage when it comes to um, sort of perpetuating this. So, you know, I think that it's important to, to hold her accountable, but to hold them accountable to the same exact standards, especially if they've done more to perpetuate this broken system. Right, because otherwise then it could be said that it's racist yeah. and sexist if you're not holding people to the same standard. Absolutely, and you know, we're going to talk more uh, about, uh, you know, the racism uh, surrounding Kamala Harris and, and the fact of, you know, what people in the black community are saying about it too, because I'm not sure she can win over our votes. Do we, Before we go to break, do we have a comment, Alyssa? We do. Kiani Bree says, Agreed. You have to be a tool of a system that supports white supremacy if you're going to get elected to certain offices in this country. Prosecutors are prosecutors. She has to take bold stands and actions where she has been able to. Can we rely on her to continue to evolve? Let's see. Great point. Great Thank you so much for that comment. We're going to take a break and we're going to get to the answer. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And remember, guys, please support our podcast at patreon.com slash be heard radio so before we left off we were talking about Kamala Harris and her problematic record and how a lot of people are criticizing her and saying that she has been a tool in the system of oppression against black folks that's a big deal because we know the African-American vote will be crucial in 2020, mm -hmm. especially black women voters. I mean, you saw what happened when in Alabama when we came out to support um, Roy Moore. And we saw what happened with Stacey Abrams. She ran a brilliant campaign and she had, you know, a lot of people on the ground, especially black women. We came out. So, you know, Stanley, I'm going to throw it to you. Do you think Kamala Harris can win the black vote? She's having some trouble. I am not sure. Well, you know what? Actually, I, I think she can win the, the black vote. I think that a lot of the noise is coming from the black community in relation to pro having problems with her is coming from, like, Twitter. And Twitter is a very small microcosm of how, like, the black community thinks. The black community is not a monolith. And I think that m more people of color 
when it comes to issues of criminal justice are actually more conservative than the folks who are on Twitter or who write for or who write for Afropunk. But I just do think it's pretty interesting that like she's gotten such aggressive criticism from black spaces. I wasn't expecting that so fast in the beginning. But Stanley, do you think that black people should support her based on her record? No. No, really? she's problematic. No, like she like listen, if like here's why I stand on this. If she's willing to come forward and be like, yo, these were bad policies and I want to do better, then we can have a conversation. But, like, even on economics, she's not where she needs to be. They asked her and Elizabeth Warren a question on whether they will go after um, these tech companies that are building monopolies. Elizabeth Warren said, yes, absolutely. She was like, I'll think about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, she's not good. Well, well, I'll say this. You, you, know, you know, as a black woman and black women, we came out and we supported Hillary Clinton. Uh, she also had very problematic statements and rhetoric and a record when it came to people of color. But we were forgiving. And you know what my thing is? I'm concerned that because Kamala Harris is a black woman, we're going to be less forgiving because that's how we treat black women. Um, And to sort of a previous point that we were making, we have a great comment from Russ who said that women candidates, particularly for high office, have to show that they're tough in ways that men don't. That often means military or prosecutor. As a woman of color, she had to double hurdles to clear or she had double hurdles to clear. So I think that's a really interesting point, getting back to what we were discussing earlier with why she took a DA position in the first place. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's tough. You know, she, I think also she is very sort of an establishment Democrat. And I think that there's been real issues with the Democratic establishment as a whole moving to the moving further left to where there, there, there is more broad support. Mm -hmm. Um, so do you think that her ideals and and the things that she supports are representative of where the left is in general? No. Yeah. Alyssa, you want to take that? Yeah. I mean, look, the left is definitely further to the left than she is. She is more moderate. And I think this is just a bigger question that um, the Democratic Party Democratic Party is going to have to answer, uh, which is where do they want to be? It used to be that like the Republican Party was sort of the big tent. Um, And now I think with the rise of Donald Trump, you're seeing more and more moderate Republicans leaving the party, joining the Democratic Party. You're also seeing a split in the Democratic Party itself to a certain extent between um, the left wing of the Democratic Party, like the Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren voters and the more moderate wing of the Democratic Party. Um, And so Democrats are also going to have to ask themselves, where do they want to be? Um, Do they want or do they think they can win by being more moderate party, um, which may end up alienating a lot of the people on the left um, in exchange for putting forth the voices of those sort of in the middle of the party and those that are sort of coming over from the moderate side of the Republican Party? Or do the Democrats sort of want to move farther to the left? And that doesn't mean they have to be the socialist party. Um, like, you know, for example, like the Labor Party in in, in Britain sort of occupies a, far, a space farther to the left. Um, but I personally think that the Democratic Party should push a little farther to the left. I think that's how they're going to win. Um, and I think we've seen that sort of through the elections. I mean, and like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is just one example, and that's in New York. Um, but I think all on the overall whole, that is sort of the direction that the party's going in or has always been. I mean, FDR was further to the left than this. I don't know why we're still having this but, argument. But FDR, and I think it's important to remember, was pushed, right? He wasn't just uh, it's so left. He was pushed by labor unions to really adopt uh, the That's New Deal true. and and to be as left as he was and so I think whomever is going to assume this this office will have to have that pressure from the left to to move in that direction but I think that it's important to note that while the boomers are more moderate conservative that you have this younger generation that is way more left right not just left but in favor of socialism in favor of the leftist policies that Ocasio Cortez has put has um, spoken very publicly about and I think that she while she is 
from New York, right? Well, she is from the Bronx and, and represents the Bronx and Queens. She has a huge national following of younger, more engaged uh, voters and, and you know, people that are, are sort of moving in that direction with her. So I think that it's important. And I want to say that it's not a platform to just be the party of anti-Trump, right? right. You have to right. stand for something, right? People want to know at the end of the day, not that you hate Trump, but that you stand for something, that they're going to benefit from something Absolutely. with you in office. And so that, you know, she's talked a little bit about Medicare for all. She's talked a little bit about reforming taxes for low income and, and um, middle class Americans. But we really need to know what progressive policies she's going to stand for, I think, for the, the broader left to get on board. Absolutely. So, you know, that being said, uh, I mean, Stanley, I mean, we're very early on in this race. Who do you think would or could be the best candidate? And particularly when it comes to for people of color. When it comes to for people of color, I mean, none of them. Nobody. Yeah. None of them, really. And, like, the one I want to support the most, obviously, is Kamala Harris because she's a sister. But, like, she, her policies and, like, the way she approaches law enforcement just tells me that she's going to, like, have some things. She will have some very subtle ways to help communities of color the way that Barack Obama did. But it doesn't feel like she's going to show up in the way that she needs to. And we can't do the same things that we did when Obama was president. It is not going to work. You, you really need, do need a radical shift. Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren come the closest, but Bernie lives in this universe where he thinks that you just give everybody $15 minimum wage and racism ends. And Elizabeth Warren, she thinks she's Native American. And I don't know. I don't know what's happening with that. And what I would like to see is someone who comes forward and doesn't just say, oh, black people have it harder or Latin people have it harder, but actually come forward with policies that is not just going to make people not in agreement with something they said, but actually address the inherent issues of like wages have stagnated. Housing is too expensive. We can't afford health care people are literally living paycheck to paycheck like let's talk about those and the way you do that is talk about destroying these institutions of huge corporations i wish aoc was 34 and interested mm, yep because she's the only person i hear who's saying that cat like billionaires that's 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 an absurd thing to be happening right now when we have people right now on 138th street and convent avenue sleeping in the street and that's their home so none of these people impress me yet Okay, well, you know, fair enough. That being said, you know, the question that we pose at this for this segment is, is can she win? I mean, again, you know, Kamala Harris, she's facing not only racism and, and sexism, but very fair criticism uh, of, of her record as a prosecutor. Um, you know, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, look, I, I told you earlier, as somebody who's a criminal defense attorney and civil rights attorney, I obviously have very clear problems with her record that are separate and apart and distinct from the fact that she is a black woman. Um, I love the fact that she's a black woman. I love the fact she's a woman. I love the fact she's black. I don't like her record. Um, there are going to be people that occupy that same space. There are going to be an equal number of people. Actually, it's going to be more than an equal number of people that don't like her because she's a woman or don't like her because she's black. Yeah, but um, can she win? Can she win? I don't think so. And, and why don't you think she can win? Because um, this is a racist country and I just don't think we're there yet. Can I just ask and a, a quick, sexist country. Can I ask a quick question to that? Because you said that, and I was thinking, I feel like a lot of them have been garbage, including Tulsi Gabbard, but it feels like Kamala has gotten the brunt of the, like, the, mm -hmm. the hits. Is it just me, or is she getting like a lot more criticism than some of these other female candidates that popped out? No, it's true. I actually, um, coming in today, was reading, which I, I don't usually do, reading Fox News, mm. um, and, and she is the one that they're honing in on, right? She is the one that they're really taking seriously, and I think in part because I think she could win the Democratic Party primary for a number of reasons. I think she has some sort of broad appeal to folks. I think that California moving their primary date from June to March and the way that their delegate system 
works and that yeah. they get more de- you have to get 15 percent of the vote to have delegates um I think that works in her favor. I think that it, just the political system is set up as the candidate, fr- the Democratic candidate from California um, to get her a primary win. Yeah. Can she beat Donald Trump in 2020? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't even want to start speculating now. And certainly I was wrong the last time I speculated about who would be the winner of the presidential election. Um, but I think that it's critical that whoever is representing the Democratic Party needs to be somebody that actually has a platform that is progressive, right, that actually stands for something. I think that it is problematic to have somebody who has such strong corporate ties and corporate interests when we are trying working to address things like income inequality, like addressing climate change. You cannot address the threat to our environment with somebody who is so tied so closely to corporate interests. And, and, and on top of that, she's also, Kamala Harris is also being pressed about her record on banking. A lot of people say that even though, like, she formed a, a huge settlement deal t- um, with JP Morgan Chase to empower people who lost uh, their homes from foreclosure while she was in California, she didn't push enough. A lot of people said that, you know, she's still in bed. You know, there's a criticism. They're saying she's no Elizabeth Warren. She's no Bernie Sanders when it comes to cracking down on Wall Street. And I'm pretty sure we're going to hear more about her record on Wall Street uh, moving forward. I mean, look, you know, and this is why I say do not underestimate the Democratic Party's ability to lose. um, (laughs) Because this is what I perceive as the biggest problem within the Democratic Party, going back to those divisions that I was talking about earlier earlier, which is that those are great arguments that you should have during the primary. Is she this? Is she that? When we're trying to decide who we want the candidate to be, primaries are healthy. Just as an example, the reason why we may be getting legalized marijuana here in New York is because Cynthia Nixon primaried Cuomo and pushed him further to the left on that issue. At the same time, I think Republicans realize that once you have a candidate, you get in line behind them, and Democrats don't get that. And that is why Brett Kavanaugh is now on the Supreme Court. That is why Neil Gorsuch is now on the Supreme Court. That is why, God forbid, something happens to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Donald Trump is going to get to appoint another person to the Supreme Court. And so to the Stanley's point um, with these people that are like, oh, she didn't go far enough and this didn't go far enough. That's fair. That's a fair criticism. And it's fair to point out during the primary. But at the end of the day, Democrats need to not sabotage their own once we get to the actual, you know, general general election, election, because, you know, that's how we're going to lose. And some people will say, oh, well, why should I be forced to vote for somebody that I don't ideologically align with completely and that's fair to a certain extent but at the same time like do you want to have another four years of Trump because that's the question you really need to ask I don't care if it's a four month old chopped cheese sandwich if it's in the primary I'm voting for it over Trump (laughs) we do have a call on the line guys want to get to Diane Diane let your voice be heard good afternoon I'm so glad I tuned in to you young people today I'm a 74 year old Black woman. And November 2018, I made a decision that I never thought I would make. And that decision is to hang out with white people of consciousness, anyone of consciousness. Um, I'm so happy to hear about, uh, how do you say her name, Kamala? Kamala? Yeah, Um, Kamala. Yes, yeah. Um, if she did what people are saying she did as a prosecutor, and she probably did, I hope people just don't fall for this because there are people, there are black people who participated in the hanging of black people. 
the black race is so damaged. I heard a young man say these words a couple of weeks ago, and he was passionate about the third rail of negritude. I have never had another black person to do anything for me. Absolutely nothing. If anything, it's been just the opposite. I've been accused of being white. No, 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 no. No way. But it's just something about me that black people, oh, I don't know. I know you, you, you've heard of people being accused, black people being accused. You're white. You think you're white. You act white. You talk white. You're, the third rail of negritude. That's who Pamela. Harris. And I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. I'm glad to have found out. Um, you don't leverage your career by hanging another black person. Yeah, I think Selena hit the nail on the head right there. Boom. That's a really powerful point, Ms. Diane. Thank you so much for calling in and giving that comment and sharing those thoughts. Uh, I, I just wanted to like say that, you know, the point of the show is to let your voice be heard, so we're always happy when we can get people to call in and tune in. And Miss Diane expressed some feelings that a lot of people felt. She also expressed some things that I just wanted to like just spotlight and hopefully like respond to just slightly a little bit. And you know, racism impacts all of us, and whether you know it or not, you are suffering the consequences of the institutions of white supremacy, and that shows up in a lot of different ways. And for most people, it shows up in anti-blackness. And now while black people can't be black, they can they can be anti-black. And that's not because they inherently hate black people, but that is because that the institutions of racism and inherent whiteness has caught has thrown us into a system where we have to find a way to survive. And some for some people, surviving is being anti-black. That's why you see black Republicans, that's why you see Ben Carsons, that's why you see colorism, that's why you see a lot of these some of these micro issues that I think that Ms. Diane was mentioning. Um I think that we also have to be in a space to forgive and give people space to learn. So, like, I'm looking to do that for Kamala if she's willing to show a difference. Good point, Stanley. And I just want to close out this show by saying, uh, you know, every candidate in the 2020 election needs to be closely scrutinized regardless of their race or gender. Today, we spent a, a mass majority of time just talking about Kamala Harris, right? The good, the bad, the ugly. And you know what? I'm not going to end this show by telling you who to vote for. What I'm going to do is said is tell you to do diligent resource research and make sure you vote for the candidate who is right for you. That may or may not be Kamala Harris based on her record. But I think that regardless of who you vote for, what we have to do is make sure we hold that candidate accountable. And to, you know, Stanley's point in response to Miss Diane, she does. She was very problematic. But to me, as a black woman, I feel like I can relate to that a little bit more. I've been in situations where I work for white owned companies where I heard something that was racist or, you know, I've I, I've I literally could almost say that I was complicit in, you know, some type of oppression. Like when I was working for a radio station and they kept calling undocumented immigrants illegal aliens and they kept pushing this agenda. And at the time, I'm like 23, this young black girl barely getting paid. And it's like, what am I going to do? Like it puts you in a situation where it's either you risk it all or you keep moving forward so that one day you can make a real difference. 
and me giving Kamala Harris the benefit of the doubt, I'm going to give her that benefit. And I'm going to say that maybe she did have to make really hard choices and really, you know, sacrifice, you know, a number of, of, of people, which is wrong. But maybe if she now that she's in a, a, a stronger position of power and maybe if she escalates to become president of the United States, she can right those wrongs. And I'm going to leave it right there. With that said, guys, thank you so much for, again, supporting Let Your Voice Be Heard. Continue to support us on Patreon.com slash Be Heard Radio. And we'll see you again next Sunday. God willing. Bye. Don't forget to check out Boomerang on BET Tuesdays, February 12th, 10, 9 central.